0: Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. Well, after two weeks of finishing higher for our major indexes, we started off the week this week looking pretty good here. We got a nice reversal from the lows of this morning, coming back to finish positive across the board uh, for our major indexes in ETH the highs of the day today, Uh, so solid day and right now the VRA investing system has actually gone up to seven out of 12 screens bullish from last week's six out of 12 screens bullish. We've seen a number of improvements from this market from our internals. The technicals are now really beginning to show improvement. Uh, The S&P 500 has spent a couple of days above its 200-day moving average now, and the semis are also back above their 200-day moving average. They tried to dip below it briefly early in the session today, but they were able to close well above that level, and actually, that's its highest close since about mid to early February, so that is a new short-term high for the semis, Uh, so good to see here. We want to see as we talked about on our previous podcast from last week, we really will require about seven days straight above the 200 day moving average for confirmation that the pattern or trend has changed here. Uh, So we'll be watching for that here closely. Our one really big concern here as far as the technical side of things goes continues to be that we are short term overbought On our VRA momentum oscillators, our short-term VRA momentum oscillators, that is. Uh, That has been where reversals have taken place, both to the upside and to the downside, for roughly the last year or so. Uh, So, we'll be watching those closely here. But, possibly the biggest reason that we are, are bullish this week is that we are heading into a new month and not just a new month, but a new quarter as well, which means massive fund flows into equities are on their way from pensions, 401ks. Also, as we head in to Q1 earnings season, uh, we'll also end the share buyback blackout period. We've already seen another year of record setting buybacks with more slated to come as well, but they can't do it until their earnings are are reported. Uh, So that is massively bullish as well. And we also remain in what is the seasonally best time to be in the market ahead of selling may and go away. So we had a number of reasons to remain bullish here. But of course, with this administration, the branded administration in charge, you never know what these people are going to be doing next. It just seems to be one thing after another with them, right? It's, you know, the Keystone pipeline to start it off. More insane coronavirus policies to follow that up. Massive government spending, driving inflation even higher with more they're trying to get on the way. I'll get to some of that here as well. Really just overall, uh, it's like watching a bad movie. And then, you know, just a couple, just over a month ago now, moving to the sound of the drumbeats of war. Now, it does seem like maybe that conflict has subsided a little bit. Maybe they are going to be able to negotiate something out of this. But what we're talking about, and as Kip just talked so much about, I'm not going to get too in-depth on it today. What are we doing in one of the most corrupt countries in the world? How did we end up with so much support for them of all places? Uh, Really unbelievable But to to go to the topic of what's happening here at home, I saw two pretty big bills come across today that are going to try to be passed. You know, before I get into them, I would say it's unlikely for even one of these to be passed, really. Probably not both of them. But I think it's important to be aware of what the Democratic Party and the left is trying to do. It tells you a little bit more about their principles, and their morals, and what they want this country to look like. And, you know, given that we are, just about everybody would expect a red wave to be coming in the midterms after what we've seen over the last, uh, you know, since Biden was inaugurated. So, knowing that, I wouldn't put anything past these people from trying to get some serious legislation passed ahead of the midterms. So you probably already heard about the first one, the new billionaires tax, which I'll get to here in a second. But one that likely passed under the radar today, while well, everyone was talking about the tax bill, I think is an interesting one. Four Democrats have introduced the Electronic Currency and Security Hardware Act. Man, they, they they're calling it the eCash Act. And you know that I mean they love these catchy names, really. They're pretty good at it. You can't, you can't lie about that, you know, the Patriot Act, uh, the Save America Act or whatever it was, you know, they do that so that they can demonize anybody who talks against these bills. We all see that, right? Uh, you know, we were talking about an e- e-cash act, act. Let's just say let's say that's how stimulus checks are going to go out from now on. And then if you don't support their bill, they come out and say, You must hate poor people if you don't support this bill, right? They just absolutely demonize you for it. But most people won't take the time to read through these bills. And I haven't made it all the way through yet, but this bill does far more than just creating a digital currency like it sounds. And it's far from what they've even been talking about. They've been talking about central bank digital currencies, right? CBDCs has been a huge talk, uh, that everyone has been talking about using, you know, a ledger type of technology, a blockchain style of technology. This is something totally different. This act would actually start to strip the federal reserve of its authority to create money. It would transfer that power instead, to the US Treasury now I'm not a supporter of the Federal Reserve but you can see how this just transfers the creation of money from one corrupt group to another you know I mean really maybe it won't even make that much of a difference but the big difference I think is that it is a digital system that would be completely controlled by the government not even the air of of a separation like we have from the government and the Federal Reserve. You know, they always talk about the Federal Reserve maintains its independence. No, none of that anymore. Um, and the reality of it is that it becomes the ultimate tool of surveillance and, and control. How can anyone support this when we've just seen what happened in Canada in the trucker protests, right? Anybody who is supporting, even donating to, a protest that the government didn't agree with. They shut you down. They ruined your life. Now imagine giving, willingly giving the government even more power to do. So that is what this bill is trying to do. And at the same time we got the introduction of the billionaire minimum income tax, you know, not without putting my conspiracy theory lenses on completely. Uh, they, they like to, have you look over here while something's happening over, uh, you know, watch my right hand while I'm doing this with my left hand. That's what they love to do. So having this one out in the front seems like a good cover for something like an e-cash act. Although, like I said earlier, incredibly unlikely that it will ever pass. But again, with the billionaire minimum income tax, clever naming, these are the tricks that they play to drum up support for these bills. And again, you can hear the left now. What kind of evil person? doesn't think billionaires should have to pay their fair share. Uh, you know, of course, everybody's got to agree on that one, right? But of course, you know, if you paid attention to this, you know that it isn't about billionaires. Once the framework is put in place, then they lowered the threshold from, for, for higher taxes. It just gets lower. It starts at billionaires. Then it becomes millionaires. Then they're coming after you next, if you're you're not in that category already. Just like when they passed the original income tax. In 1913, only people who earned more than $3,000 a year would have to pay. You know, at the time, that was obviously a lot more money than it is now, but they pitched it as only taxing the rich. Now, of course, just about everybody has to pay taxes unless you make under... Whatever the minimum level is, it's always changing. I think it's somewhere just below $30,000 a year. Or maybe if you're an illegal immigrant, then you don't have to pay taxes either. Uh, But I I saw this last night and it really stuck with me. Carol Roth, the author of The War on Small Businesses, put it this way, and I'm paraphrasing, but exactly like I just said, going after billionaires is the trick that they use so that you give up your principles so that they can come after you that's when they try to hire more IRS agents. I believe she said 87,000 new IRS agents is what they're looking at. You really think they're hiring that many new IRS agents just to go after the billionaires? No, they're creating barriers for you. I think this is very similar. This is another way around. Their failed attempt to track every transaction over $600. You remember that from last year, they were trying to get that. I think that was actually hidden in one of the save America type bills. Um, or maybe the build back better bill, which didn't get passed. Uh, but they wanted to track every 600, every transaction over $600 to get billionaires. Okay, sure. That affects everybody. Then at that point, any transaction over $600 you're, they're tracking everybody's not just billionaires. Uh, you know, it reminds me of, of the quote from Frank Erbert. Uh, when I'm weaker than you, I ask you for your freedom because that is according to your principles. When I'm stronger than you, I take away your freedom because that is according to my principles. That is exactly uh, the kind of hypocrisy that we've seen from the left over and over again. And no doubt we live in interesting time here, times here, folks, and it feels like we're still only in the beginning here. But if you look at the market on the day today, segue here, you know you really wouldn't feel too bad about it at all, and it fits perfectly in line with our theme for over the last year now, which has been the big bribe: when your savings account and your retirement plans are on the rise, you are much likely much less likely to push against government encroachment through bills like this. It's been a major theme of why we are so long-term bullish on the stock market. Uh, Even when it seems like just chaos around you, but the stock market continues to rise, you know, people get complacent then. And that's exactly why they want to do it. Exactly why we've called it the big bribe. So looking at our markets on the day to day, as I mentioned earlier, a big reversal from the lows to finish at the highs of the day. Uh, we were led by the NASDAQ of 1.3% on the day today to 14,354. And I'll also point out, as I mentioned earlier, the semis were really an important one today because they were lower, significantly lower, dipped back below their 200-day moving average earlier in the session. Again, finishing at the highs of the day and making a higher high here as well. So good to see from the semis. Uh, Next up was the S&P 500, now back above just about all of its uh, major moving averages here as well. I I believe it closed above all of them today, up seven tenths of 1% to 4,575. Next up, the Dow Jones, up 0.27% to 34,955. And lastly, the Russell 2000 just barely made it back to positive territory right before the close really finished flat on the day, just about even at 2078 just up barely on the day i also want to point out the vix falling significantly today down over five over five and a half percent and back below a 20 for the first time since early february here so you know if you're bullish on this market good to see the vix heading lower although we are at short-term oversold levels here as well extreme oversold on the short term levels fell back below its 200 day moving average today, uh, making a new low. And you know, if you're long this market, you do like to see that though. But again, we are at extreme overbought levels on our short term VRA momentum oscillators, uh, which is exactly why we want to wait and see a seven day confirmation of our major indexes above the 200 day moving average. Looking at our internals on the day, we didn't get the better readings that we saw from, from last week, but not a bad day for a day with a reversal. Like we saw, we really finished. We we're able, we were, the internals were much weaker earlier, except for volume, but we got back to finish almost even on the day. Declining stocks did beat out advancing stocks on the NYSE and the NASDAQ, but, but just by a few hundred issues there uh, and it, again, improved greatly on the day to day. New 52 week highs and lows were negative for both the NYSE and the Nasdaq, but volume was our bright spot on the day today, finishing pretty strong not, you know, two to one positive or anything, but we did get positive numbers on volume for both the NYSE and the Nasdaq about a, a, a 1.3 billion more or so uh, on the Nasdaq. So good to see. Next up, our sectors, we finished with seven out of our 11, excuse me, eight of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. We were led by consumer discretionary, real estate, and tech. Our laggards on the day were energy, which I'll get to oil here in just a second, uh, and materials and financials. Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch gold now down 1.68% to 1,921 an ounce. Silver now down 2.4% to roughly $25 an ounce, and copper up on the day by uh, just over four-tenths of 1% to $4.71 a pound. And as I mentioned, oil down big on the day, and likely has to do with this news out of China. If you haven't seen it, you know, back to fascism control there, although some cities in the U.S. haven't left it either, but they are launching their largest lockdown since the beginning of coronavirus insanity, one just has to hope that this type of terrible thinking doesn't make its way to the United States again, but they're locking down Shanghai. The third largest city in the world is going on lockdown. Over 25 million residents there. So as you can tell, when stuff like that happens, that takes a big hit on oil as people are going to be staying in place. A good amount of people are going to be staying in place. Oil down a massive, Nine percent on the day, still above a hundred dollars a barrel at one hundred and three dollars and fifty cents a barrel. Lastly, here for today, cryptocurrencies rallied over the weekend and continued today, slightly off the highs now, but still a pretty big day here. Bitcoin now up four percent to forty-seven thousand nine hundred and thirty a bitcoin. That is its highest level for Bitcoin since the first few days of this year until we got that sell-off uh, to start off the year, but now. Getting back to about even on the year, just, just below it, uh, but getting close in the rest of cryptocurrencies up even bigger on the day today. Uh, but folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top. We'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.